like the latest incident, I went to this man. Uh, he came in for abdominal pain. He had to go. I was preparing for surgery. So I came in and then took all the information. This is physical examination. And then I was like, okay, you have to sign here. So I said that you're doing your surgery. And he was like, oh, okay. I'm still waiting for the doctor to come and tell me what I have to do. <laughs> you know, I had to pause. And then I looked at him. I was like, uh, what do you think I am? You know, that was the first time I was like, <laughs> I was a little bit tired and angry. I was like, what do you think I am? I was like, uh, then he looked at me, I was like, uh, then the nurse said, oh, that's the doctor. I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, that's, they, they actually tell you they're sorry, they didn't mean to, but why, why are you supposed to doubt the fact that, you know, somebody yeah. that comes to you and tells you. you can see some black, you know, girl from Africa being a doctor. But... Welcome to Act the Code, where I do my very best to unpack actionable, valuable insights and with the goal of helping you live your dream life. I sit down with top entrepreneurs, professionals, making a difference around the globe so they can tell their stories. In doing so, I aim to inspire and motivate other people that may be struggling or looking for a new spark around their personal life or career path. Welcome to Ask the Pros. Um, where we talk to professionals, entrepreneurs, or people making a difference around the globe. The aim is for them to tell their stories, and um, hopefully their story would um, encourage, motivate, or inspire other people out there. I've got a doctor here. You know, she's a medical uh, surgeon, you know, and she will basically just tell us how she started and up to where she is right now, you know. Um, Evelyn Kim, welcome to Ask the Pros. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Evelyn. What's your story, you know? How was growing up like, and where did you start? Well, my name's Kem Evelyn. Um, I'm from Cameroon. I was born in, in Kona, like, 34 years ago. I went to GP, government primary school in Kumba, where my dad was, uh, was a teacher. And then at, um, I had my secondary education in City of Wisdom College, Fontaine. And I moved to, I had my A-levels in 2003. Then moved to Italy in 2004, where I enrolled in med school in 2004. And uh, in 2010, I graduated as a medical doctor. In 2017, I, gra- I graduated as a surgeon. And I've been working since then as a, as a general surgeon. Okay, then, Kim. Thanks, thanks very much. Well, let's, let's roll it back a bit. You know, so why, why Italy? You know, I, I know. It, it, was it was was it that there was no no medical school in Cameroon, or why why did you have to go to Italy to to study medicine? Yeah, um, well, um, I don't come from a very rich family, so uh, going abroad was like actually uh, something I didn't really think of when I was growing up because I knew it was like within it was above my parents' reach. So when I had my A levels and me and a group of friends, we decided to. Uh, write the entrance exam into KUS, that's the medical main medical school in Cameroon, Yaoundé. And then my dad discouraged me immediately, and he told me, yeah, you know, to get into KUS, you know, you need money, you need to know the right people, and I don't have those connections, don't waste your time. And then when he told me that, I was so annoyed, and I cried, I was like, no, I'm going to KUS, I'm going to KUS. And then one day he came and told me, okay, uh, let's compile the documents, you're going to Yaoundé, and go and write the exam, and then you see for yourself. So when I went there, and then there were like 5,000 people for <laughs> 100 <laughs> space. No, I know it was like impossible. I just knew, I, even before writing, I knew it was like impossible. So I waited for the results, though, because I had good grades, my A-level. So I, I didn't make it, and I was like so depressed. 
and then contemporarily i made it into um lab techno lab technology that's the uh, it was a branch of nursing in in university of boya okay and then uh, i because there was i did i wrote the entrance exam into that too and i had it so i i was advised by everybody in my family yeah i just go into it it's not bad and stuff i was like no i was like crying i was like depressed so one day in church i met my cousin even chemical valentine and he was like oh why don't you go to italy auntie Florida's his elder sister is in italy you can go to italy and study medicine I was like, I, I really yeah i go to italy study is not difficult he made it so easy for me like like something which is not expensive you know you don't need to go to america or you don't need to go to uk where you pay a lot of money for fees so i was like okay i went home and told my mom and then my mom immediately went to uh, auntie flora's dad my lead uncle and talked to him about it we called my auntie i was like yeah it's something you can do that happened in like one week and the next like wow. two weeks later i was in yaoundé and rolling in uh, <laughs> italian language school wow. and that's just my um the luck let me just say i have my parents have always you know let me do what I wanted to do. That always believed in me. Okay. Made me, yeah. Especially my dad. She was like, "Okay, that's what you want to do." But my dad was a little bit ashamed because everybody was like, "Your first." I was known for being, you know, very smart in school. I'm having good grades. So everybody was waiting for me to go into into course like university, uh, university okay. of Boya, okay. university like yeah. top, like top universities in Cameroon. Yeah. So when they discuss, so when they ask, yeah, what uh, what does your daughter study? I we, we had to lie. I told I told people I was in Swa, that University of Yaoundé, because when I was like I'm studying internal language, I was which faculty is that? What's internal language? Now it was not something very common in 2004 in Cameroon. My, most of my friends were in university. Some of them were in Kuru. Some of them were in University of Boya. All of them were, you know, some of them traveled out, and I was studying internal language. Like what? What you doing? What's internal language? And so that's how my mom called me and said, Ah, don't worry, don't worry, you can do it. So I took four months. To study, that's something that people do, like, take, like, one or two years to do. So I went to Yaoundé, stayed with my uncle, studied the language for four months, and then I was lucky enough to pass my first, uh, the first uh, attempt. I made it, and then I remember the day I called my mom to say, ah, mom, I passed the Italian language, she was shouting, she went out and told everybody, yeah. So, so that was it. <laughs> so, so the prerequisite to, 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 to get, get to, into to Italy, yeah, Italy. to travel to Italy, whether to study whatever, you need to have a the certification. Language. Yeah, you need to be able to write an Italian exam at the embassy in Cameroon. Okay. So how does that relate to medicine? Or you just, you yeah, just it doesn't really relate to medicine. It's just like having a prerequisite to study in Italy. Okay. That's the first step. You need to, yeah. Okay, so the prerequisite to study in Italy is you have to yes, learn Italian yes, language. Yeah, you need to learn Italian language. Okay. So you, you studied medicine. Was it, was it a case of whereby... You know, because I, I understand the way African parents are. They they will tell you, oh, you got to do medicine, you got to be engineering, yeah. or, you know, or, or lawyer, you know, worst case scenario. You know, they'll tell you, oh, be, you have to be a banker, you mm-hmm. know. So, how, was it was it something your, your dad said? Yeah, I need to be a doctor. <laughs> you have to be a doctor. Was it that situation? No, not at all. So it was my your passion. Never, yeah. My parents never really influenced. Uh, my my dad's uh, main problem was actually you studying and getting good grades. He actually uh, really um, didn't influence our decisions on what we wanted to do. Okay. We actually ask you, you know, uh, yeah, what's your favorite subject? You know, he was a teacher, so he didn't really influence me on what my choice. I wanted to be a nurse when I was young, like five. Between, um, you know, when you're a kid, yeah, what do you want to do in the future? I want to be a nurse. I was always saying that. So I remember one day, I like I was like ten years old. I was sitting in front of a house with a friend, and we were talking about being a nurse. Oh, I want to be a nurse. And then my mom was passing <laughs> twenty years ago, and then she said something like, ha, "People, they want to be doctor. You want to be nurse." <laughs> you know? And then she said, "She 
just a sentence that I know it still comes to my head now. That's typical, that, typical people, African. Yeah, like people are aspiring to be doctors, you're aspiring to be a nurse. Yeah, you should be aspiring to be something more now. And then she said that and just went, and she just passed by and then said that and left. And I was like, yeah, but that's true. Why, why, why should I be a doctor? I'll be a doctor. And that was just how I would, I would be a doctor. So, so that was that was a light bulb moment. Yeah, that was just a light bulb moment. But I was 10 years old. I was like, you know, it wasn't really like I knew. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like something that I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. If I'm not a doctor, I won't be anything else. No, uh, be good at anything you find yourself doing because life does not. I don't think that those who do um, cleaning jobs, those who deliver pizzas when they were young, they aspire to be that. But okay. if they don't do that, they maybe they won't be able to pay their bills. They take care of their kids. So you yes. need to. I was like, okay, whatever I find myself doing, I will, I'm going to do it very well. Yeah, you have to be determined. You have, have to be determined to do it. Even if I had become a, a lab technician, I would have been a good lab technician. That's I decided to be. That's, that's what I am. So, so you have to put 100%. You have to learn how to do that. Thanks for the, <laughs> the help. You have to learn how to put 100% in whatever you're doing. So when I went to course and I didn't pass, and I, I knew, okay, so I'm not going to be a doctor. Yeah, that was just the conclusion. Were you scared? Yeah, I was scared. I was worried. I was like, no, I don't want to be this. Like, you know... That I didn't want it, but I just didn't have a choice. I thought I really thought I didn't have a choice. And then when I actually passed the Italian exam, and then they told us to um, present our documents to um, for the you know admission process, um, there was at one point my aunt made me understand that I might not be able to get into medicine. Not my aunt, the embassy made me understand I might okay. not be able to get into medicine because of uh, you know why? I don't, because there was I can't really remember. It was like a long time ago, but it was like. Um, um, my town uh, could not offer medicine, like the, the town I chose and stuff like that. Okay. So I called my aunt. I was like, okay, let's change it to economics. You know, at that time, it was so, I was so embarrassed that I just wanted to travel out of the country. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to study economics. And she was like, no, no, what? No, no, you're going to insist. We're going to put medicine and then see what happens. They told us that if you choose medicine from Cameroon and then you get into Italy and then you're not able to pass the entrance uh, exam in medicine, you're going to be sent back to Cameroon. Oh. That was a rumor, yeah. That was a rumor. So I called my aunt. I was so scared. I was like, no, I can't be sent back to Cameroon to do what? So <laughs> and then she told me, no, no, you, you, you're smart now. You can, you're going to be... I was like, no, I'm scared. Let's just do something that's sure, you know, economics. Because at this point, everybody, you know, I've lost one year. I cannot stay in Cameroon. I cannot come back to Cameroon. You know, I was like... And so you chose, I went to, and you chose, and you chose and medicine. And I chose medicine, yeah. I went to Italy. And then we were like 45 of us for nine space. That's normally... There's a, there's an entrance exam, right? There's 200. Uh, Italians have their own exam, and then they, what they call the extra extra communitary, that's out of the community people, that's out of EU, okay. they have their own exam. Okay. So out of EU, that's all Africans, people from Israel, people from other um, countries which are not part of EU, had their own. Yeah, so we're 40, I think 45. No, sorry, sorry we're 60 of us, okay. and we just had nine nine spaces into medicine. So when, when, you, when, you, wrote the, when, you, when you wrote the exam, did you do very well? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I, was, I, was, I came out six out of sixty. Out yeah, of six, so six out of sixty. Nine. Wow, that's <laughs> so great, man. That's nine. great. Good, and good, I was, good. Uh, yeah, I was happy, and I called my parents. Yeah, everything is okay. I, everything is fine. So I wrote in medicine. That was just it, and I still studied medicine. So, that was when the that was the real challenge. So, so getting to getting to Italy, you're, you're like you know passing the exams in Cameroon, getting to Italy. How was the experience like? Like getting to, I know it's a it's a it's a big difference. Africa, yeah, it was Italy. Really, it was so, so what was, what was your first experience there? Like when when you first got to, Italy, what was the experience like? <laughs> yeah, my first experience was uh, yeah, it was yeah, I was I arrived Italy. I was very tired, and I remember my aunt who was not in um, she was in America at that time. She sent a friend to pick me up, and then this guy I waited like five hours at the airport. Then he came five hours. Like, yeah, I was just sitting there. I was, Confused, you know, there's stories about people being abandoned at the airport. I was like, What's happening? Man, <laughs> she forgot I was coming. And then this guy came, and then, um, 
the guy who was supposed to pick me up was at work actually, so he couldn't make it. Okay. So I saw some people um talking and then saying, Oh, we're going to Pavia, we're going to I like I approached them, I was like, Hi, you guys going to Pavia, can I come with you? Can you show me the ways to you know, can I take the bus? And he told me, Yeah, you can take the bus. So I called this guy, I was like, Okay, I've found my way to Pavia, so you can it's, I think airport is like a one hour from where I was where I was supposed to live. So I f- this guy, uh, the, she put me. He put me in the bus. I think the first thing he said was, um, um, "Bienvenue dans la misère," which in French means "Welcome to misery." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Why would like, he? Why would he? Why would he say that? Then? Yeah, because now Italy is not like you know, it's not like moving to the UK or to America. You know, it's like it's very, um, it's not an easy country to study in, especially. Is it, is it for? It's not. It's not easy to study for Africans. For Africa, yeah, for Africans because it's not like it's a rich country, but they don't give like opportunities. Like you don't have job opportunities as f- to study. In Italy is actually something which is so they don't give opportunities to ethnic minority like Africans. Yeah, they don't give opportunities to actually the education is not very expensive. You need to pay your way through um, university, but um, that's you don't really have to pay fees because your your uh, your tuition is count is um, uh, counted on uh, your income. That's your parents' income. So we actually declare the income from Cameroon, which is zero. So we actually really don't pay. We pay like three hundred euros a year, and that's that's not much money, but if you're staying in Italy, I swear it's much, it's so it's much a, money. It's a lot, it's a it's lot, a lot money. of money. Yeah. So yeah, he said, maybe that said because he was a dropout student himself. Yeah. He'd been in Italy for long and then he was not able to, you know, come out of anything. I was like, ah, this is not really, you know, the best place not to come, but it's okay. I was like, okay. I was thinking about that. So my, this guy dropped me at the bus station. I sat at the bus station for some time. Another girl came and said, are you Evelyn? I was like, yeah, okay. They told me to pick you up. I enrolled in med school. I went into a hostel, university hostel. So how was how was your first day in, in med school? Yeah, it was a little bit because I yeah, as I said I studied Italian language for just four months, so I knew that I could communicate. You know, I still had to learn a lot from the language, so it was a little bit difficult because I was getting like half of what the teacher was saying. So I had to you know continue studying. I had like a dictionary, <laughs> English dictionary. I had a French English dictionary and then English Italian dictionary. So I had to you know, yeah, it was a little bit stressful. And then, you know, with the financial situation in Cameroon, I had to you know send back the money that. Gave the sign to me for what they call bank statement. Actually, to come to Italy, you need to put uh, to prove um, means of sustenance. So you can sustain yourself. That money was like five thousand euros that was put in my account, and then when I came here, my mom was like, oh, "Okay, you know that money was borrowed. You have to send it back." <laughs> you know, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> but I have to pay this." Like, no, I have to send it back. So I sent back, and then I kept just three hundred euros for my fees. So I started looking for a job. Like one week later, I, know, I was going around asking people, "You know, I need to start doing something because I have to take care of myself." So, so what, what was what was the first job you did while while you were studying? <laughs> yeah, my first job was actually uh, uh, washing plates in a restaurant, and then yeah, I was really treated like yeah, that's how, that's when I discovered you know I'm from Africa. You know they were like oh poor girl, oh you're so pretty because I had this very long braids, brown braids, and then everybody was like oh your hair, I like your hair, you're so pretty. And I was like tiny, uh, I was nineteen. Everybody was like, oh, uh, uh, poor Africa. I heard you could die of hunger. Is that so? And then I worked for like three days and then she paid me 40 euros. I like, I'd worked for like 200 euros and then she paid oh, me 40 euros. Wow, and then three days? For three days and then like 8 a.m. till to 1, uh, sorry, 8 a.m. till 1 a.m. That's almost 24 hours. And then she paid, she paid me 40 euros at the third day and then it was a weekend. Why are you paying me 40 euros? It was like, ah, oh, but, uh, you know, she made me understand that she was doing me a favor. Like, oh, you're not even happy to see that and stuff like that. I was like, it's been like five. It's like um, it's been like five years. I'm still thinking of going back there, you know, eating and into. How oh, do you remember me? But I don't have the courage to do that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still annoyed. You know, it was like embarrassing. And then um, there was this guy who saw me, you know, looking for a job. And then he, he 
helps me get a job in the in a farm that we harvest grapes to okay, make wine. Okay, okay. Yeah, in his own farm. And that was that was actually one of my you know, the first time I had I could have eight hundred euros in a month you know, harvesting grapes under the sun during uh, in August, between August and yeah, it was just in the month of August, August, September. But did you did you prefer that job to the to the kitchen job? Yeah, it was better because I just it was on holidays. I was, I had my Easter holiday at uh, one month and then I went to this farm. And then to have this grapes for one month, and then I had a lot of money. I had one thousand euros. And I could be able to send some to Cameroon to my younger sister. To your, to your because parents. consider the fact that when my when I traveled, my mom, you know, typically <laughs> African parents would tell you, okay, study hard. My mom told me, okay, you see how situation they know. We had to take your sister out of this is my younger sister Eunice. We had to take her out of the boarding school and put her in, in, in the public school for you to you know for us to be able to sustain your the journey. So you see the house we're still living in, you know. The condition we don't even have water, we don't have portable water, so we are counting on you. That's what my mother told me. And she told me, like, I, I was 19, I was still, you know, I, I, I never so, had a boyfriend. So and she was like, Whatever you come back with, even if it's a white man, whatever husband you come back with, we are, we are going to welcome. <laughs> so, 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 so at, at 19 years old, you you were you already made the breadwinner of the family, yeah. So, they just my mom just made, she made it clear to me that okay, so you are my hope. Uh, we are just putting everything, to, we are going there, just know that we don't have water. Your sister, you know, we took your sister out of St. Francis. They put her in PH in a government in Kaskuma because we wanted her to, you know. So things are like that. Your brother is in where? So no, just know that it's not easy. My mom was still a, she was selling cocoa soap. You no, know, she was petty business. She was not even a professional at that time. So I was made to understand that I was like, you know, going not for myself, but I was going for the whole family. And that was that was a driving force because when I, re- when I arrived there, I was like, I saw the situation. I was like, oh my God. And I started, when I was in Italy the first year, I started applying for other universities because I saw, I was like, no, what, what is, why am I? I cannot stay here. I, I'm not be able, I, won't, I won't be able to make money for my family living in a country like this where you don't even have a job. You you know, I, I didn't have a phone for the first four months. I didn't have a phone. Like, wow. I couldn't so, afford so a how, phone. So how, how, were you, how were you communicating with your parents? I would go to a, a public, um, phone, public booth, phone. Yeah, phone booth and then call home. And then... Um, they didn't, I would call me as I would communicate with them through uh, Yahoo Mail. <laughs> Eunice would go to, yeah, because she was the eldest, that she was like 18, she was the one who, sorry, 16, she was the one who had more access to the internet at that time. So she would communicate, I would communicate with her, and then she would tell my parents what was happening. And then after four months, like, I managed to get a phone. Somebody offered me a phone. And yeah, it was, it was not really easy. I had to give up on so many things. So many things means, you know, Having the same pair of shoes like for months, uh, like buying clothes. Yeah, I didn't even know what I was going to cinema, going out. Like when I see people going out and like they spend like ten euros in the evening, I was like ten euros. That's too much, you know, to get a glass of drink. Yeah, that's too much money. With ten euros, I go to Eurospin. That's the cheapest supermarket, and I get food for you know a whole month. When I had the little, the little money I had, I had to calculate and I send whatever. And I sent everything to Cameroon. The good thing about Italy is that they give there's something that they call scholarship. We call it scholarship, but it's not really that they give you some money if you maintain good results throughout the year. They give okay. you every month, they give you two thousand euros for the whole year. And then they give you a card to have to, um, that gives you a free meal a day in the university restaurant. Okay. So I'll use my card, go to the restaurant, take food and then eat half and then keep half for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best way to to save. And then during holidays, I'll go to these uh, farms to work and stuff. My third year, I had a, uh, I was lucky to get a job in a rice factory. Okay. Where uh, they would, um, uh, I would work eight hours a day, or from six a.m. to two p.m. or from two p.m. to ten p.m. And then that means I, I was either at work or in school. I, don't, I didn't have time for anything else. And then 
I was so scared to lose that money that I was, I, 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 that it was not, I just had to, you know, study and then make sure I had my exams. Yeah, you know? yeah, because you know you have your parents back home to send money to. Yeah, I know. There was no, there was no, no, there was just, I had, I didn't have any other option. That was, no one was helping me. No one, I have, nobody was helping out. So, not that nobody wanted to help, but I didn't really have anybody to go to. to. to, to yeah, ask, I to had ask. an auntie, this is my auntie that uh, I told you about. Yeah, she accommodated me, then she went back to Cameroon. I had, uh, I have another auntie. Wait, so so she, she moved back yeah, to Cameroon? Yeah, she moved back to Cameroon when I was still in Italy. So when I was still, you know, in med school. And then I had another auntie who was also a student herself. She was also struggling through, through life herself. So I was like, well, once in a while, she would, I'll, go to, I'll visit her. She'll give me, you know, some goodies, like, you know, like a, a younger sister. But financially, like, I didn't have any income apart from, you know, hustling around. So, yeah, that was it. So, um... Study medicine in, in Italy. How how many years? How many six. years? Six. Six year course. Six year course. Yeah. So, so did you have to do any residency? Yeah. So I yeah I took it took me six years to six years and yeah I graduated exactly six years later and that was already a like trophy because I, and then so the university gave me one thousand euros like congratulations for, for graduation on time yeah for graduation because time. I uh, the we like nine as I said we nine of us just two of us made it after six years. Wow. A lot of people are still, you know, at least 14 years later, a lot of people are still trying So, to out of the nine of you that traveled from Cameroon to Italy to do the course, two of you graduated? No, we traveled, we were more than nine of us okay. to tra- who traveled to Italy. We were like 15 of us who tried the uh, entrance exam into medicine. We just, uh, nine of us got in, but we're not nine Cameroonians. We're, I think, five Cameroonians, and then we, uh, one, two, <laughs> three, I was, yeah, we're five Cameroonians, and then the other four were oh, that, from, other Israel, yeah, okay. from Israel. So, five of us. Just two of us uh, graduated after exactly after six years, and then um, one moved to U- to the UK. Then I remained in Italy, and then people were like, "Oh, it's time to leave Italy. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go." And at that time, I was I met my husband, so I got married, <laughs> and then. So, uh, so you got you got married at what, at what age? I was twenty four uh, when I did the traditional wedding, but I got married in church uh, in that's in court uh, when I was like so where, where my did first you, year. Where, where did you, where did you meet your husband? In university, he was like fifth year meeting, and I was like second year when I met him. He so your husband is also a medical, is he he also medical, medical doctor, medical doctor yeah. as well. Okay, good. So he was studying, and then, so that was like a limited fact, limiting factor for me because like okay, I cannot move out like how I was planning to. I just had to see how I can move around Italy. Even though the idea to move out was still there, but you know it's not easy. It's easier when you are alone. <laughs> you take your decisions. But then I was like, when I got married, I was like, okay, so I have to see how I can um, do it here in Italy. Yeah, in 2010, yeah, I had uh, graduated as a medical doctor. I I went through three months of you know the what they call I don't know in other countries they call it. Um, is it is that housemanship or? Yeah, house yeah like legmanship that is to. To, do, to write to get to the state exam to write the state exam you need a three months um, sort of um, clinical uh, training training yeah okay so and that and that was compulsory I could not be at the fashion because what I omitted was working having having to work like full time I had little time to attend lectures I had a friend who passed me notes so I, didn't, I basically you know <laughs> I didn't even know the professor's faces I was wow. at night and then sometimes I would cry and then my friend would call me oh you can make it don't worry and she would pass me all her notes so Clinic. When I started doing the clinical uh, workshop, I it was compulsory, so I, I couldn't work. So that was there was that was the worst last three months of you know hunger <laughs> because I had to go to the <laughs> every day because they had to you know I had to write the state exam. Yeah. And then I got the help from my husband for my was to my boyfriend at that at that time. So I was depending on I couldn't send money home. Yeah, it was not really easy. So when I graduated, then it's time to get my first job, and then 
That was like the what they call medical guards. You need to go to people's houses and like the first aid. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's not. It's not very common in other countries. We have what they call guardia medica. That's doctor on guard in territory. Okay. Uh, that was what. That was when I started feeling the racism because you have to. There's if you're feeling if you have fever, you call uh, these doctors, young doctors. They come to your house and then take your temperature and then give you Tylenol and then check your conditions to see if it's necessary for you to stay at home or advise you to go to the hospital. So, so you just mentioned racism now. You know, I know, I know in Italy, you know, like what, what we see on TV, you know, regarding the the, the sporting em- environment. You know, I know it's very pronounced down there. So you just talk about racism now. In terms of medical profession, you know, is the racism also pronounced yeah. in that in that area as well? Well, I won't call it racism. I think Italy is just a country which is not used to dealing with uh, black people. Black people. Um, they're used people to from it, ethnic minority. Yeah, generally. They're used to... It's a country that had suffered a immigration itself. That's Italians many years ago left Italy because of the condition of the country. So they're just, you know, being used to people coming to their country for, you know, as uh, as immigrants. And then, uh, so long as you are... That's what I was saying. So long as you work in the factory, so long as you do... You wash plates in the restaurant. Yeah, just you're, you're, oh, that's you're, African you're, you're, girl. You're good. Yeah, that's okay. That's... You're, you're good to go, but when this comes to the hospital and then they see, yeah, you call for your doctor and then they see black <laughs> black girl, they're like, oh, can I help you? <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll, I'll bring, as I, was, as I was telling you, we have to go to people's houses to um, to do first aid, some sort of, yeah. Like the training If someone training has stroke or someone has a heart attack, they call, first the, the first person to go to check the situation is, uh, is, a, is a doctor on guard. So that was my first job. And then you get into people's houses and then you get, you know, after visiting, they'll give you money. Like I was like, oh no, sorry, I'm already paid for this. Like, oh no, don't take it. Don't worry. You know, I love Africa. I love Africans. Like they think they're helping you. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm actually doing my job. Sometimes you go to people's houses and they tell you, no, no, I'm. I didn't. I don't want to buy anything. I was like, no, sorry, I'm the doctor. You call me. I'm like, oh really? Wow. Uh, so instead of you know, they don't have fever anymore. They just be interested in you. what are you doing. I know you know. You start feeling strange. Yeah, that's. So that's why I don't really call it racism because they don't treat you badly, but they are so surprised. To to. Surprised to see you. To see you that, that you that feel that, embarrassed. Yeah, you that, feel that uncomfortable. Girl, African girl, she's, she's a doctor. Yeah, that know. was when I was just a doctor. <laughs> when I became a surgeon, yeah, it was like becoming a doctor is, is one thing, and becoming a surgeon is another, another thing. Yeah, because thing. a doctor so is a, a general you, practitional. Yes, you okay. can you can just you can work in clinics in house in uh, care homes as a doctor. That's a general practitioner. Why a surgeon, a specialist? That's what you call consultant. Well, I okay. think here it's called consultant. So, so you have to specialize. You have to go through a specialization process. That's a, a what they call yeah, specialization school, residency. What yeah. And and how many? You have is, to write. You have well? to get into. It's true. Uh, six years, another six years. It's true. Another six years again. Yeah. So you need an entrance exam into this, and then that was also something that people were telling me. Oh, you, <laughs> you never don't even waste your time. You as my other Cameroonians. Uh, Telling me, you know, don't be worried. Look around you. How many surgeons? How many specialists have you seen? There's nobody. You will not make it. I was like, okay, I was disappointed. So I even started looking around. You know, there was, I didn't have the financial support to. At that time, I was engaged to. I didn't have the financial support to like move out of the country. I was like, okay, I just have to try my luck. So and then I luckily I I, didn't, I went to this uh, this concours where 25 of us and they wanted um, 11. And then I, yeah, I was and among the eleven. And yeah. and as well. and then, so I was like, okay, so they called me, and I actually even went got into um, surgery. I had my 
my uh, research program for uh, med uh, when I when I graduated from med school, my research program was the thesis. It was on med uh, uh, infective medicine on HIV because I wanted to do your, your yeah because I wanted to be a doctor, but I, the speciality was not really something. It was not really important for me. I just wanted to be a doctor. So when I discovered I had to choose a speciality, the first thing that came to my mind was what you know can be useful if I go back to Cameroon. Okay. So I thought of infective medicine. I was thinking of HIV because that was the most you know, common thing when I left home. It was HIV was like you know so I was like, okay, let me do something about infective medicine. So I had my research on infected on HIV drugs and stuff. Then after that, I, when I started um, uh, going to the hospital, I discovered that the the infective the the kind of um, disease they have it's not like the same thing because in Africa we have malaria. In here, uh, in sorry, here you you in find like area. one out of one hundred patients with malaria. It does not it was not the same thing. But like okay, if I study infective medicine here and then go back to Cameroon, it's like how would that how yeah would, how, it would would really help me help yeah because you? it's not like everybody has HIV something like that. So I was like, okay, let me think of something that you know can be easily so I was thinking of gynecology or the surgery. That's why that's how I actually how to, to be to, to become a surgeon. Yeah, because I know surgery is like something general and I also like emergency, you know, I like um, I don't know if you used to watch these movies where somebody's sick and then the doctor comes and they just save the life. Like you know, a, I like, like that a, kind of scenario. Like ER. Yeah, yeah. So I like to I wanted something immediate, something that, you know, give me like that can give you immediate satisfaction. You know, somebody that comes with brain uh, sorry with uh, gastric hemorrhage, someone comes uh, you know, vomiting out blood and then you able to intervene and then just save that person like that was like something that That's drove good. me into surgery. So I, I yeah, I wrote the the entrance exam and then I made it and everybody was like surprised. Really? How come? You know, how come? And for a surprise, doing the <laughs> specialization in medicine that's another is not a really. It's not very. It's not very easy though. Yeah. I'm somebody that I'm very. In Italian, we say tenace. That's I know what I want and I go for it. I my decisions are always you know, well. Um, that's I don't do anything just for doing sake. I do things because I, you know, I've really, you really thought about it. Yeah, and, and you just want to execute. I knew that I was going to. They, they told me, you know, you're no, you're never. Going, many people told me. I mean, doctors themselves, like the other colleagues, they were telling me like, you want to be a surgeon? And they would laugh at me like, seriously, are you never going to do it? And then when I had my child, oh, I was like, oh, you either a mom or a surgeon. You can't, you can't do both. Like, those are things that I was hearing. I was like, oh, you're never going to do it after surgery. You're going to sit home and then do continue doing uh, doctor on guard because there, there's just no way you're going to make it as a, so, as a so surgeon. That's what, that's being, being, being just a doctor was not what you really wanted. You wanted more than that. Yeah, you? I wanted to be a specialist. I wanted to do, you know, specialize in something. And then being a specialist, you know, did, did you fulfill your, your, your goals? Yeah, I think I did. I fulfilled my goals. Uh, I, I actually, when I was going through med school in Italy, I actually thought um, when I was trained to be a doctor, apart from, you know, the the part of helping people, that's something that character-wise, I'm like that. I like to, I'm, you know, being a doctor, it leaves a lot of empathy because you're treating people's lives. And then surgery to treat mostly on cancer patients. So you, you see a lot of things. So you need to, you know, be very empathetic. That, that was not really the difficult part of it. I was actually also uh, saying, that, oh, okay, I'll be able to, I'll be financially stable. I'll be have a lot of money to, you know, take care of my family. And then uh, when I was... Uh, Going through the, the specialization in Italy, I realized that Italy is not actually the best place to make a lot of money if you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a doctor, <laughs> it's actually not the best place to make a lot of money. That's doctors don't really make that much money like how you know what you hear in America, and neighboring countries like even Switzerland and stuff. So, 
Yeah, I I fulfilled so, my dream in the sense that I became what I wanted to be. In, in terms of Italy not being being the place that you actually make money, if you want to make money in terms of being a doctor, did you think of moving to other yeah, countries? Yeah, I actually thought of moving to other countries. I thought a lot of it, moving to other countries. But my decision to not move out of the country has been mostly based on uh, family issues. Okay. The fact that I'm married. I have a, I I have have a, a child. I have a child. I have a sick dad who, you know, takes most of his treatments in Italy. You okay. know, and that, uh, um, so it was a little bit difficult for you to think of moving out. Yeah, that was actually, because every time I said, okay, let me leave, I was like, okay, yeah, but if I leave, what am I going to do with my husband? Mm. So what am I going to do with my dad, you know? Yeah, that was just it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. But I'm still thinking of moving out, though. I'm still thinking. So Italy is not, it's not really the place to be as a medical doctor? No, yeah, right. Professional-wise, I think they have one of the best universities. They, are, they actually train you well. You come out and then you know what your job. Because when I tell people I'm a surgeon, they're like, oh, money, don't finish this girl. <laughs> money. I'm like, oh, my God. No, that's not really how it is. Yeah, in that, yeah, if you're talking to us, I, I know, I know the, the way, <laughs> I know, I know the way, I know the way we Africans think. Yeah, oh, you're oh, a doctor. She, oh my God. Loaded. She's loaded. Loads of money. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if you're talking, if you go to Italy and then uh, being a surgeon means you have money more than someone who is not. Yeah, that's true. If you're talking, if you remain in Italy, though, <laughs> you're not going out of Italy, you realize that, okay, no, that's not the best place, yeah. So, another, another issue I want to talk, I, I, I want to touch is, I know, I know a young, a young, a young girl like you in, 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 um, in um, Italy, you know, I know it's easy for you, for people to think about doing, doing other things, but, but you never really thought about, you know, maybe going into doing other stuff in Italy in terms of now I'm going to like position now, you mm-hmm. understand? Yeah, I've never been to Italy before, you know, but when, when I hear of Italy and I hear that, you know, young girls go to Italy for prostitution, you know, and and I think I think I think to myself like what really pushes these girls you know have you, have you have you really heard about stories like that you know what what is what what is the drive you know towards that you know because you went to Italy and you 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 stuck to your medicine even in the beginning it was it wasn't easy because you had to wash plates you know do kitchen jobs and you had to work on the farm you know and it never came came across your mind to go into that you know but other <laughs> other girls that do that I you know I, I don't know do, do you can you like share share a bit of light into that? Have you heard stories of girls that go into that? You know what what actually pushes them to go into you know doing prostitution in Italy? Well, uh, I think prostitution in Italy is mostly is is a market. Is uh, they have a network. So that, uh, so sincerely, yeah, there's there are a lot of prostitutes in Italy, and mo- most of the times when I just arrive in Italy, even now, if you're a black girl and you're moving. Um, in the streets, you easily your cars actually stop and ask you uh, if they can pick you up because they actually. <laughs> Are you like, serious? For yeah, real? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, to me, that's happened like a lot of time. When I was working in this um, rice factory, I had a bike. Sometimes when it's too cold, I could not go with the bike, so I would walk from the bus station to the um, to the rice factory. You need to walk like on the roadside, like the main roadside. So cars will actually stop and like, like oh, how much uh, are you charging? I was like, so since at the beginning I was like, I will actually like try to, oh, that's, oh I'm not about Now I just go, I just ignore and just, because that's it. It's not their fault. That's actually because there are a lot, a lot of black girls, you know, in the streets doing prostitution. So I actually always, I always attributed that to their network. I think they are maybe blackmail. They are forced to do that because 
you must not you must not be a doctor but you must not be a prostitute i think your other options you can you can actually be a dishwasher you can actually be a, a babysitter yeah, yeah there are other cheaper options. i think it's just an easy way out to yeah. to easy way out to any living yeah i think for them it might be maybe because they're black maybe because the stories i heard most stories i heard are you know, stories of blackmailing but i also know of girls who Actually, who are actually into it, uh, and they have the opportunity to leave and they continue because I think it's just like easy way out, easy money. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that, that, I, must, that must be really sad. Yeah, man. but that's true because and uh, it affects all of us because especially black women in general because the first thing that uh, an Italian man sees when he sees a black woman is like, oh, you know, they have as a sexual object. Yeah, you are there. Sometimes they they they, 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 they actually tell you, oh, you are my. Uh, Sonia Erotico in Italian, like your erotic dream. Wow. I've had patients tell me that after after visiting them, they say, "Oh, can I take a selfie with you?" You know, it's my first time. You know, it's so exciting to be. You know, you know, I'm so surprised to see you here. You know, I cannot really compare the two things like prostitution. I, I think they have their own reasons. I don't really know. I think it's just their network because most of them are network because most of us come from Cameroon through this program last year you need to you're coming to italy with uh, a study visa with a with a, with a purpose you're already enrolled in university not everybody actually graduates but some people most many people drop out get married have kids or do other things end up you know end up as factory workers and not everybody actually goes there as a student and ends up as a student some people not everybody wants that's not everybody goes to school <laughs> can't put it. yeah but uh, getting into prostitution, I think it's a decision that if you're actually not forced into it, then it's just like, I think it's just an easy way out. Yeah. That affected me personally in the sense that... Because they, they just put you in this group, in this they category. They put you in the black girl group, yeah, in the black girls group. Like, oh, that's the thing they're expecting to see. When they see you in the, in the hospital, if I'm not wearing my, you know, the jacket, the white your, jacket, yeah, they coat. easily, they call me nurse, infirmiere. Yeah, you know, they call me, ah, the nurse. Uh, sometimes because uh, as a surgeon we actually dress in uh, scrubs the blue one the blue it can be blue green uh, but we use blue yes the, it's like pyjama I don't know how it's scrub I think they call it scrub yeah the scrub yeah, so um, nurses uh, theater workers everybody has that so yeah, if you don't really read your ba- the, my badge you wouldn't identify me as a doctor you just see me from far like, oh but nurse come out can you, can you please uh, change my pillow for me can you change? so they actually if you don't know me the first thing you see that uh, I think I'm the, I was the only black is so that, it's easier to associate you to a work I clean. Yeah, there's that perception that, you know, being black... You, you cannot know, be something more than... You cannot be something more than being a nurse. You, they always categorize you as being a nurse because they, they don't... They that's don't the see highest you can get, let's just say, yeah. That's the highest you can get. Or you're, or you're either a nurse or a assistant nurse. Assistant nurses. Or cleaners and stuff. So, yeah. So, at the beginning, I was a little bit annoyed. I was like, what do you think? What Sometimes I even have... Uh, Develops with patients. I'm like, what do you think? Yeah, I'm the doctor. Sometimes after going to when they when they call me when I'm on guard, <laughs> there was like the latest incident. I went to this man, and he came in for abdominal pains. He had to. Go. I was preparing for surgery, so I came in and took all the information. This is physical examination, and then I was like, okay, you have to sign here. So I said that you're doing your surgery. And they was like, oh, okay. I'm still waiting for the doctor to come and tell me what I have to do. <laughs> you know, I had to pause, and then I looked at him. I was like. Uh, what do you think I am? You know, that was the first time I was like, you know, I was a little bit tired and angry. I was like, what do you think I am? I was like, uh, then he looked at me, I was like, uh, then the nurse said, oh, that's a doctor. I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, that's, they, they actually tell you they're sorry, they didn't mean to, but why, why are you supposed to doubt the fact that, you know, somebody yeah. that comes to you and tells Cause, you. Because they can't see, they can't see some, you know, some black, you know, girl 
from Africa being a doctor there because they always believe that a doctor has to be like has to identify with them like a white person like them and yeah. Italian like them you know so you need to work harder yeah you need to work harder you need to work harder you need to work harder than your like like other pairs like the like the Italians like the whites yeah like the whites. white colleagues not like you need to be you don't really need to be more that most of them are smarter than you that I have colleagues who are more intelligent than me I know like say I'm the but I have to be I have to prove to be the one that you know um, that you need to I don't know how to explain it to you. Initially, we say like double, uh, double effort, double effort. Double effort, yeah, double effort. Yeah, you have to double your effort. You have to always prove like you, uh, that you're different from the other black people. It's like something like that. Some sort of proving that, no, I'm not, I'm a black person, but you know, some people are actually surprised to see, oh, that's why they're actually surprised to see you there. It's something like, uh, wow, you're so, you're so smart to be black. Someone actually told me you're too smart to be black. I was like, what do you mean? What do you know about black people? <laughs> what do you know? And I'll tell you this, like, oh, you're too pretty to be black. This, this story you just said now, just one of the things that, you know, drove me to start this podcast because we need to change that narrative out there. You know, because seeing seeing a black man and a black woman, you just think that he's not doing anything good with his life. They, they don't see us that we can achieve more than what they set as the yardstick for us. Do you understand? So when they see someone like you, a young girl like you, you're you're um a, so, a surgeon, yeah, they're surprised because they they know oh, people from Africa. They are they are they really intelligent? Yeah, like they that? don't. Yeah, they actually you know? think we are not we are not intelligent. And that's this is this guy, uh, the Cameroon guy. I don't know if you remember the guy I told you the one that helped me get my first job in the farm. Yeah. There was one time he contacted me, he had some issues, some health issues. I was like, Oh, can you help me? So when he came and then I did everything I had to do with him and then he told me you know something that really touched me because he was like, You know what? Um I'm really proud because like people people like you are actually putting it out there that we black people we can do you know more than do, yeah more. because when I come in here and I see you you're a small Evelino because it's small Evelino <laughs> because I came you was the, the, was, what we always, the people we used to call grand friends and we came to Europe they yeah. had been there for almost 20 years yeah. I was like look at a small Evelino you're now you're a surgeon you're, you know visiting, you're, you're taking care of me you know, good, I'm actually good. proud of, you know because um, it's like we are representing the uh, I don't know how I can explain to you we are representing the the we are trying to show, yeah, we're showing people that black, you can actually be black, yeah, a black well, it, girl, and be something more than, you know. Yeah, we're changing the narrative. Changing we're change, the narrative. Changing the com- conversation, you know, telling them that, you know, the fact that I'm black, you know, I can, I can be yeah, who, who I, can I, be, I can be who I want to be. Yeah, and I can also do what you like you. As long as you put in the hard work as well. Yeah, you of know, course. You prepare yourself, yeah, preparation. Yes. You know, putting the hard work, you definitely get to your goals. Being a surgeon, do you, do you have to specialize in in um, any part of the human body, or it's it's, a, it's also like a yeah, general general surgery? Yeah, general surgery actually uh, covers uh, breast and abdominal surgery. That's uh, uh, visceral surgery. I just call it visceral surgery because we take we talk about we, take, we deal with uh, from the esophagus to the anus. That's everything that con- that uh, the bowel, anything that um, involves the bowel. That's your, we, we deal with um, uh, stomach cancer, stomach ulcers, okay. stomach problems, that abdominal pain, generally, the okay. abdominal pain is being um, taken care of by a surgeon. We take out uh, organs which are sick, like appendicitis, cystic failure, liver problems, we deal with cancer, liver cancer, stomach cancer, colon cancer, rectal cancer, breast cancer. And then we take care of skin lesions, skin cancer. General surgery, it's, it's very vast. 
Okay. In some countries, there are even micro specializations where you can use, you can you can choose. I'm also an endoscopist. That's why I do uh, endoscopy. Like I don't know if you know about a colonoscopy to diagnose. Uh, endoscopy. That means you have to like a camera. Yeah, a camera through the mouth. That's gastroscopy or through uh, Tr- the through anus, the anus. If it's a um, colon. Yes, um, to study your colon. That's uh, for early diagnosis of uh, breast cancer or for diagnosis of you know bowel diseases. Different. Yeah, it's very it's very vast. It's very difficult to. Yeah, so uh, we actually do the um, diagnosis and then cure. Like you say, diagnosis and cure of so anything that has got to do with your bowel system and then your breast. For yeah. So what what are the what are the 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 difficult situations you've seen or difficult patients you've seen in terms of you know doing the diagnosis up to the um. Uh, curing the yeah. patient. The most difficult part is actually communicating <laughs> to the patient. You know, telling the patient, uh, especially if you diagnose cancer at the uh, later stage. I think that for me, that's actually still that what I'm still, I still find difficult. You know, in telling somebody that just works in like forty year old uh, um, male that works in the hospital, female whatever that works into the hospital, and then oh, I have I, I saw blood in my stool, or you know, I had this abdominal pain, and then you start studying the patient and then you find out he has like uh, end stage cancer and then you need to tell that person i think that's for me that's still the most difficult thing and then it made me you know change my uh, the way you view life the way you see life you know things <laughs> things happen things can happen at any time you realize that we we focus on things which are not really necessary and then you realize that at one time at one time your life you just you know i don't know what means you know you know what it means for you to all tell you some just tell you oh, your dad is just like when my dad had stroke and then like he just came out from someone who's been you know at 50 someone was strong uh you know very dynamic person to almost bed reading you know your life just you know it just your life your life just stops yeah that's something it changed my way of you know of seeing things it made me i'm not sure i'm always a soft a very soft-hearted person but maybe sometimes i used to cry i used to when i get diagnosed with patients i go back and i cry I'm like oh I, for this person, this is it. because if it ends for uh, end stage cancer now there's a uh, there's a lot of research but at one time like 10 years ago it was a death sentence you know if it's, sometimes if you have pancreas like i don't know if you know pancreas is a part of the body if you have a cancer on pancreas it's like you're telling somebody you're going to die i think that's what steve job had yeah yeah, that's what he had. So you, that's we, we actually, people just come and say, oh, I just noticed my eyes are yellow. I noticed I was at work and then I started having itches. And then you do a, an ultrasound and then a, a, a scan and then you discover the person has pancreas and then you have to tell that person, you know. So you, you, yeah, you said, you said the, the most, most difficult part of your job is communicating with your patients. Yeah, you actually know? telling them that you have to live with this. You have this thing, you have to live with it. That's, that's, that's you know... <laughs> So have you? Uh, so have you? Have you? Have you tried to work on that? You know? Yeah, is I'm working on that. And then the problem with me is I'm always smiling. You know, <laughs> I'm always laughing. Yeah, that's there's not that it's not just the embarrassment of the interview. I'm always something that I'm always almost always almost laughing. And I had to work on it because you gotta be telling someone you have cancer and then you're smiling. You know, yeah. but the smile was, it's not like I'm trying to make fun of you. That's something I, I had to work on that because the, sometimes. Hey, you know, my colleagues would be like hitting my leg on the Why are you laughing? I was like, I was like, no, I'm just trying to be. For me, I think I was just trying to be nice to patients. And then sometimes, um, I remember the first time they called me for, I had to do a, this has really got nothing to do with surgery. Uh, I was just doing the med, uh, doctor on guard. They told me to, there was this patient that hung, him, hung himself, he killed himself. Wow. So I had to go, the doctor has to certify him dead before they take him out. 
So when I got into the room and I saw him hanging there, and I burst, <laughs> I burst out crying. You know, the police, there was, there was the police, the family people crying, and the doctor was crying. You know, I was like, I had to, it, I get into, you know, people's problems. <laughs> you know, I I find myself in like, oh my, he's there, he's hanging. I was like, the wife was crying, and I was still crying myself. That's something that you know, as a professional, it's not, it's not, it not happen. Yeah, she, she like, yeah. your emotions. Because I was twenty five, <laughs> I was twenty five years old when I became a doctor. Right? So, yeah, and still till now, that's actually the most difficult part dealing with patients. That not really the curing the illness. You know, sometimes the patient is sick, the whole family is sick. You yeah. have to deal with the the patient. You have to deal with the. the the husband, you have to tell them no. The wife will come and say, Please tell me the truth. Are you really telling me the truth? Are you sure it's going to make you know, things like I think that's really the reason because not we study how to treat them because you actually tell you, Okay, if you have fever, you have to do this. If you, if you, you know, and then if well, we are in Europe, so uh, diagnosis and treatment is actually relatively easy if you want to compare us to our colleagues in Africa where they actually have you know less instruments. So for us, it's actually I'm not sure it's easy, but it. it the fact the diagnostic part of it the, the help, is the help is there. Yeah, the help is there because actually if somebody comes and vomits uh, vomits our blood, you can easily uh, work out. Yeah, if you, just from talking to the patient, you can easily understand why the person is vomiting blood. But you have the possibility of, you know, confirming your diagnosis with instruments like doing a gastroscopy, like, which is actually affordable compared to Africa where maybe So do you do you have do you have plans to go back to Africa to give back to your community what you've learned in Italy? At some point, yeah, that actually uh, that actually goes back to you know staying in Italy because going back to Cameroon, my mom actually told me <laughs> if you you open hospital for Cameroon, <laughs> it's going to fall out. Yeah, it's going to it's not going to function because people are going to many people cannot pay for their. But is it is it something that you have to work with the government? You have yeah, it's something or that maybe you have United to. Nations? I've asked, I've asked, uh, I tried to get, I tried like some years back to get information. And then if you go to Cameroon, I'm from Cameroon. If you go to Cameroon, you have to do what the other people are doing. That's you cannot go and then start curing people free, free because you also have to pay workers anyway. You have to pay. That's you need to give, but you need to you know have yeah. an income to pay your workers because if you're going home. You you hire a nurse, you hire a, another doctor. They have their families. They have to, you know they have to be fed. It's either you're taking your money <laughs> and then helping people, or yeah. so that's something that I, I thought of it and then I actually cancelled because I don't have that. I'm not attend to a patient just because you cannot pay. I don't know who can pay for it. If I have somebody I can you know just for if I, I can offer my manodopera, I can offer offer my myself. But I need is the sponsorship. <laughs> that's yeah, really but do you know about do you know about any charity or some charities that would aid in this kind of um, treatment, diagnosis, you know, up to treating the patient. Are there, are there charities out there that, that can Yeah, help? I think there are. When we're going through med school, there's, uh, there's a group of doctors that go to... In Cameroon, I've never heard of going to Cameroon, but in Uganda, in Benin, yeah, they go there. But I think I at that point, I used to see it as, uh, like, uh, an experience because I don't think going to Cameroon for one month and then treating somebody and then coming back... <laughs> It's, yeah. it's the same thing like sending money to somebody that, that you could just go to the others. I think it's uh, it has to be a long ter- long term something that I can build. Yeah, sincerely, I've been thinking about it, but I think from as for me now, the the easiest way that um I my personal uh, the personal way that I <laughs> you get this part out. <laughs> what I'm actually doing personally yeah. is I actually reach out to people like every year. I actually try to see if I can help one person because, like, helping uh, helping one person, like taking out a, a male child, a 
a male child from a family and then helping him, you know, get to where he wants to get to. You're actually helping the whole family. Yes. Yeah, that's my own way of giving back because I think, um, yeah, actually, I, every year I actually pick out somebody. I've been doing this for like three years now. Okay, actually, identify somebody. I mostly I talk to my mom. I was like, oh, how do you think this person? What do you think you can help? Like, I think this person is more in need, and I'll take uh, and then try to you know work out work with that person and then um, help them. Some like, just an easy easy as giving like five hundred or five hundred thousand to someone to go to Dubai. You know, to start being independent or helping someone with uh, money to start a small business. So that's I think for now that's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can do yeah, yeah. help in that. In that, in yeah. that it's, be, it's, be, it's better because you, you, you not just giving money out. You're t- teaching the person how to fish. So when you teach that person how to fish, you actually invari- invariably you're helping the whole family. Because yeah. when you help one person, that that help trickles down to the rest of to the, the rest family. Of the family, yeah. So that's my own way of giving. That's, I think that's my own because when it comes to you know, uh, med- the medical part of it, uh, <laughs> apart from yeah, going back to Cameroon. Maybe in the future, if I have so, if I have uh, something that has to be teamwork, yeah, I wouldn't mind being part of a team that goes back you know, to give back. Yeah. Okay. Good. So if you if we were to to say a few words of inspiration or motivation to to uh, a kid or a young girl back in Cameroon or someone even in Italy, you know where you're working or where you're living with your family currently, what would that be? Uh, well, my advice to young ladies, especially let me concentrate on young okay, ladies, young ladies, yeah, is um, is aspire to be independent, you know, um, and then uh, set your priorities straight. You need to know what you want, and then you know you go for it. That's you have to set your priorities straight. You need to uh, be prepared, keep working hard, because um, it's true that uh, to be what I cannot say I'm I'm self-made. And where I am, I had people who actually saw me struggling and then came towards me and then said, oh, this girl is smart. Let me, I can, you know, I can make things easier for her. When I said make things easier for her, it's like, even like, okay, you can start, um, I can recommend you. I can say good things. I can say something good about you. This girl, because normally the truth is that if you present yourself in a concours and then you, you do well in that concours, before they actually proclaim your name, the, do- the, the main doctors actually do a, some sort of background research on you. And if there's somebody that says, yo, I know this girl, she worked with me, she was good, uh, it actually helps. You can actually be lucky. But I think... Um, I think I think it's all about you. You have to be a nice person as well. You have to be a nice person as well. You have to be yeah, humble. because it's not all about being smart because there are a lot of smart people. Yes. There are yes. a lot of smart people out there. So what makes you stand out is actually, yeah, being humble. Yeah, just keep it simple. Ha- hard work. That's hard work needs to. Uh, that's opportunity. I think the African woman, the young African woman, actually needs opportunity because there are a lot of hardworking people. Even the woman selling makara um, uh, by the roadside is hardworking person because to wake up at six, prepare makara and sell to feed your child as hard work. So that woman maybe needs, you just need someone that looks at her as like, oh, this person is hardworking person. What can I do to you know make her have a store instead of sitting by the roadside? Give, give, help her have a store, and that comes with being humble. That comes with being a nice person. That comes with also giving back the little you have. I think that also helps the fact that the more I give. The more I receive, it's something that I actually really believe in. It's not, it's not that I give to receive, but I've noticed that <laughs> from giving, I'm receiving a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Then, we, we, we have to help to light a lot of people's candles. We have to help. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, so the young African woman should, you know, keep working hard, keep believing in yourself. Don't allow people to tell you what you can do and what you cannot do. Try to be, you know, yeah, I think humble, it all boils down to being humble and being hardworking. And then really set your priorities straight. You need to know, um, 
what you want and then go for it. Um, study, yeah, study mm-hmm. hard, yeah, study, study. <laughs> they used to say study until you develop hemorrhoids. <laughs> you know what hemorrhoids are like, yeah. <laughs> study until you yeah, develop hemorrhoids, stand out, uh, be bold, be, yeah. Yeah, Evelyn, it's been it's been nice having this this discussion with you. You know, having this interview with you. And then be lucky to have a good family too, because me personally, my greatest inspiration comes from my family, though. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're saying family is key as well. Yeah, having the family that believes in you. My parents personally have always made me understand that I can do anything, especially my mom, my dad. They just, you know, it's like, oh, this one she cannot even fail at the exam. So there's sometimes I actually go for an exam and I'm really scared. And I'll call. I'm mostly, you know, we have this group chat and I'll write to them. I'll say, oh, I'm preparing for this exam. Please pay for me. And then Eunice, <laughs> uh, Giovanni, they'll be like, oh, you never fail exam. Can you even fail an exam? And I'll be like, so scared. No, I cannot, you know, that fear to um, disappoint them, you know, makes you want to, you know, my, my, mom, my mom has already told all her colleagues that, oh, my daughter is going to write She will pass. So you need, you need to pass. No, that's, that's some sort of driving yeah, force. Yeah. yeah. So they're always making me believe that I can do it. And I just... Yeah. It's, it's 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 good it's good it's good it's good you know it's good you know um changing that narrative for we africans you know putting the world out there that we can do better we can do good things you know it's good you know um and and um hopefully someone someone will listen to this interview and and we'll be able to you know have that inspiration and get inspired through through um what you've been through and the the, th- the things you've done you know in order to you know, from all the way from from Cameroon, writing your exams, going to Italy. You know, from your first job to your second job. You know, and now you're 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 a medical surgeon. You know, and uh, for me, I must say I'm really proud. You know, of your achievements. We are not patient. We want uh, miracles to happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. You need to be patient. You need to, you know. Yeah, you know, but you know, back learn home. Learn how to sacrifice. You, you know, know, you know, you know. Back home in Africa, we always there's there's always this thing about you know prayers. It's not as if I don't pray or I don't believe in prayers, but when you when you when you set that as your baseline, you know, saying you want to pray and and you want manna to fall from heaven, that's that's never going to happen, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not and I was, I, I was, I was. We were talking before before this interview. We were also talking about about preparation and luck. If you, if you are not prepared, when the luck comes, the luck is just going to pass you by because you are not prepared to actually, you know, have have that have that luck. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. That's, you, know, you, you need to be. You, you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared because preparation like is key. recently, I had, I got the. Um, did this, uh, this public concourse to get into the gov- uh, work into a government hospital as a contract, you know, doctor, which is something like it's like a bus stop for any doctor in in Italy. That's just where okay. you have to be. And uh, when I was called, when when this uh, one of my colleagues called me and told me, "Oh, you should attend this interview. You should attend this uh, concourse." Like, oh no, I'm not going to waste my time. So concourse concour is like a concourse is like, like a, exam board. Yeah, it's like a public uh, exam that uh, okay. to, to recruit doctors. Uh, okay, so okay. like people come from all over the country. So, okay. so when this doctor called me, I was like, "Oh, I think you should attend." Just the fact that he called me after five years, I worked with him when I was still training. That's what I'm talking about, you know, being humble, being... Okay. Uh, because this man actually called me. I was like, oh, there's this concoo going on in my in my hospital. You should, I think you should come because I know you I know you very well. You're smart. You should go. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to come because <laughs> I know I know this concoo is very difficult to get into. It's like, why not? You should you should go. You should come. I should be. And then, so I went there. It was an opportunity because they were actually looking for doctors. But I, they made me prepared, you know, because, I, you know, I was 
the questions that they asked, I could, I could answer. They were very impressed about, you know, what I could do. And, it, and I, if I must confess, they were actually very impressed that all this is coming from a black girl. <laughs> yeah, because black when I got girl. in, uh, the, the first thing was like, oh, wow. Uh, you, know, you, you could actually see that. They were surprised to see, you know, a young black girl coming in from this. So, and then it made me prepare. So they are actually, my professor actually tells me, yeah, yeah, we are really impressed. And I think it's opportunity that made preparation. Yeah, that's a typical example of having, you know, not giving up. If I had listened to people telling me, oh, you'll never make it, you know, don't do, don't get into surgery because you're never going to make it. But I've been, you know, maybe a, you can actually make money from just doing, you know, small doctor jobs around, going to different private hospitals and working. Yeah, the, the thing, the thing for me there, for uh, from the, the thing for me, you know, that I can get from what you're saying is, you were never comfortable. In just, in just being a doctor, yeah. <laughs> in, just, in just being a, 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 a regular doctor, yeah. you know, you, you wanted more for I yourself. I wanted more for myself and I wanted, yeah. 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 And I'm Last glad thing. because it also, it has also, um, there's so many people who actually contact me if, if they, that's through or Facebook or who had about, ask me, oh, how do you do it? How, you know, I, 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 in some small way, I've made some people, especially other black people to understand that it's not, it's not like you're you're limited to, you know, working in factory. You can actually be black and then you and excel excel in different careers. Yeah, you can actually. That's not only medicine, in engineering, in being a head nurse. You know. Yeah, it's good. Evelyn, it's been nice chatting with you. You know, and um, uh, really really happy how you how you've uh, progressed in your in your in your in your career. You know, from being a medical doctor to uh, a surgeon. Yeah, you know, it's good. You know, and. Uh, uh, really, really proud of you, you know, and uh, thanks for agreeing to have this interview with me, have this conversation. I'm also like grateful for you giving me your time, you know, and uh, uh, thanks again one more time. Thanks, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Okay, then, thanks. Yeah, good. <laughs>